Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Royal Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Rowden in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with the Lost Hero story break, The North Wind, which is from pages 189 to 226. Now before I dive in, I want to let everyone, well, remind everyone that if you would like to support this podcast, you can do so now over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran with the best damn camp podcast patreon selection thingy you guys will know when you get to it if you are interested in supporting the podcast it is for as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month or you can do a yearly subscription this is just to help improve my ability to do this more full time and well just as a whole give you guys early access and the ability to contribute and be involved with the podcast as a whole itself but obviously if you can't just share this with your friends and just share it around so more people can find this podcast because well having an audience is what makes this more fun so if you enjoy this podcast be sure to share with your friends now just to get (laughs) let's get back into the whole situation here as always i've got my points to focus on for these episodes so today we've got mythology characters relationships and generally what i thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis with a trip to quebec our trio meets some unfriendly angels and an evil elsa who cause them all kinds of havoc as they wait to meet their father the father of the angel and elsa by the way with Greek and mythology, with Greek and mythology, with Greek and Rome, I'm messing this up so badly. With Greek and Roman mayhem, our group are sent on their way to something far worse than what they experienced here. Oh dear, let's see if I can fix that in editing. <laughs> and if not, you're gonna have heard to my voice here saying I messed that up. But um, yeah, we have quite a bit to talk about, although not as much as some other cases. But uh. Yeah, there is still quite a lot of stuff that's happened in these sections, so I'm raring to get in if you guys are. So let's start with Leo's chapters, because obviously the section we're starting with with is Leo's first two chapters. So this is the overview for Leo's chapters. I keep saying Leo. I keep messing up his name. <laughs> I don't know how. It's Leo. How am I messing up Leo? <laughs> it's been a long day. That may be it. Anyway, this is the overview. Leo is a set, is oh my god. Leo is the designated driver and is bugging out. Great start. With the mentioning of giants and their danger, our trio get a little nervous. They break down their prophecy and what they know, but it just gets bleaker. After a cat nap, our group arrive at Boreas. Boreas. I'm gonna go with Boreas. Boris's hotel with some unfriendly visitors. Piper is harassed 
Leo's misogyny makes an appearance, and Jason receives some very special attention. With Leo left behind, our other two head on up to meet the king. And that's pretty much the overview for Leo's chapters. Now, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Leo. Like I just said, Leo's misogyny makes an appearance in this chapter. Um, I, I, not ironically, but unfortunately, there is actually a lot of mis- like misogyny elements in these chapters, and I don't actually know how to feel about that. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Zeiths, Zeiths, one of the um, sons of Boreas, um, is literally harassing Piper. From the moment he sees her, he starts harassing her, like flirting with her and like asking her out and all these sort of things. Even when she says no, he kind of keeps going. So he is harassing Piper. I, d- I don't know whether to describe it as sexual harassment, but it is like he's not physically engaging with her, but the fact that he won't leave her alone and is making these comments about her appearance. Like, he keeps calling her the pretty girl and keeps making references, like... Uh, and even says this whole thing of, like, if I... If, um... Oh, evil Elsa. I can't say her name, so I'm going to call her Evil Elsa. Gets to keep Jason, then he gets to keep the pretty girl Piper. We can have so much fun. And just, like, it's just really, really uncomfortable. So having that alongside Leo... Having this internal, admittedly, it's not as bad currently, but Leo's in a monologue about women does get worse. But his whole situation of like how he thinks about evil Elsa, like he sees her and um, immediately focuses in on her parents and is just like, oh yeah, I need to get the girl's email, her phone number, like instantly. Like she's not, she's spoken one thing so far and he's just turned and instantly just focused in on her looks. I don't know, it just makes me really uncomfortable. Like, can, can you not focus on anything anything else? Hold on, let me see if I can get the description up because, I don't know, it could just be me and like the fact that I know how how Leo ends up later on. Um, but it just, I don't know, it just makes me a little, little bit uncomfortable. Um, hold on, where it is? Where is it? Um, okay. Leo looked up the staircase. His heart nearly stopped. At the top stood a girl in a white silk dress. Her skin was unnaturally pale, the colour of snow, but her hair was a lush mane of black and her eyes were coffee brown. She focused on Leo with no expression, no smile, no friendliness, but it didn't matter. Leo was in love. She was the most dazzling girl he'd ever seen. It just... It just just doesn't set the best precedent for for Leo as well. And like then, when Piper and Jason come down from a pretty awful experience with her and Boreas and all these sort of things, and he's kind of seemingly mad at them because he's like, "Oh, have you made her mad? Does that mean she's mad at me? Come on, guys, I'm gonna take her a prom." I'm like, you haven't like <laughs> you're gonna take her a prom? You like barely said anything to her except whined about not being allowed upstairs with her. It sounds weird, and just, I don't know, I just, considering how little we know about Leo's character just in general, not the best way to kind of get me on board with him, if I'm honest, Um, but I want to move on to Jason's chapters, and I'll kind of get into this a little bit more later on, but yeah, going into Jason's chapters overview. Nerf is about meeting Boreas after the experience with his kids, 
Piper and Jason take a risk. As they journey, Jason wonders about his sister and how they were separated. Properly introduced to evil Elsa, our duo head in to meet Boreas. Just their luck, there is an order out for their deaths, but thankfully they can tell their story first. With the word out, a twist in events leads to Boreas changing to his Roman form, Aquilian. This twist introduced, our heroes are let are left to go free, not let go free, <laughs> are left to go free, because something more dangerous awaits them, because, of course. And that is the overview for Chasen's chapters. Now, you guys are not going to be surprised what I'm about to say here. Um, we're still not, kind of not getting much about Jason, really, if I'm honest. Um, so I'm kind of not going to give too much feedback on those chapters. I'm going to dive into the focus points of this episode mainly to kind of talk about some of the things that happen in his chapters in a bit more detail because he's boring still but what's happened in those chapters is very very interesting so i want to look at the mytho the the yeah the mytho <laughs> oh yeah hopefully everyone listening is having a fun time enjoying me messing this up so badly <laughs> so i want to start first with the mythology god side of situations and this is okay so in leo's chapters they have a discussion about everything that's going on, figuring out the giants, um, the mythology situation, the fact that Piper knows a lot because she and her dad did research for his Greek film. Um, Greek mythology film, not Greek film, because a Greek film is just a film set in Greece with Greek people. Anyway, um, but so you have this whole thing that like Piper is basically the most informed of this group. She talks about the gods, she knows about the gods, they did loads of research, her and her dad. So the fact that they did research and she knows about the giants, so this is the whole thing, she knows about the giants and that they're connected to the titans. And admittedly, she's she's kind of not 100% sure, but, but, the fact that she's had research, and she's done research, not had research. The fact that she's done research, she would have read about Gaia if she knows about the giants and titans. She would have, because Gaia is directly connected to all of them. Her not knowing who Gaia is and this whole, like, this whole Earth woman situation that Leo talks about, because Leo does thankfully finally open up about his mum and Tia Hero and all that sort of situation. But the fact that Piper doesn't recognise earthly woman who's asleep, giants and all this sort of stuff when she's done research is just plot convenient rubbish. And it's just really irritating when you're just like, come on, you've you've introduced a character who had done research on these things. Like and I <laughs> I know I'm kinda of comparing her to Annabeth in this case, but if this was Annabeth in this situation, they are very similar. They both know a lot about Greek mythology because they've both studied obviously Annabeth's case she studied it a little bit more because you know daughter of Athena but Piper has studied a lot as well for her dad's movies so she would know like it just it is just very much a plot convenient situation if we hadn't had the figure of this earthly woman who was asleep then I would understand but the fact that Leo saw an earthly figure has described an earthly figure it just makes it so much more 
irritating of the convenience of them not knowing this information when there is someone who would due to having done research but then also for the audience because if people knew Greek mythology they would know who Gaia is. <sighs> so, we are also once again presented in the same case as well because obviously in this Gaia situation we've got dumb demigods but they're also presented again with dumb demigods due to the fact that there is a god, a Greek god of Boreas changing in front of their eyes after seeing the SBQR tattoo on Jason's arm which Annabeth pointed out to him is related to the Romans and this god changed the Roman form saying to Jason you probably recognise me more in this form and then they still don't get it it's just it is beyond my comprehension as to how they cannot figure this out he's referring to jason with roman terminology jason has recognized him instantly with roman terminology like it's so obvious that i'm offended that they haven't figured it out because now i'm just like these characters are just idiots and it's annoying me (laughs) there are too there is too much evidence so early on that the fact that they don't figure out till basically near the end of the book is just a joke (sighs) i remember even like the first time i read this even technically even before this point i figured it out but this was like the final bit i was like ah okay roman gods are real and jason is connected to them like straight away i got it I know Millie, I was like 19 when I was reading the books for the first time, but still, like, it's not that difficult to pick up. Although, if you're a reader who's listening to this podcast and you didn't figure out straight away, just let me know, because a lot of people I've spoken to got that quite easily, so I'm intrigued to see how many other people did. But it's just things like that that just really irritate me. I'm just like, there are so many things that are basically spoon-fed information but then for, you know, plot convenient reasons, our characters don't figure it out. Which just makes me think they're idiots. Like, Percy was an idiot in general, but that's because he never did any research. He relied on Annabeth for that. And Annabeth always had an answer. So, you know, it's just... I don't know. I'm, I just, I'll stop complaining now. Um, would you go into characters a little bit more in this next section? I gotta say... I do like that we are getting a bit more about Leah and seeing a bit of progression with his character because he has opened up about what's happened in his past, about Tia Hera and a little bit about his mum, about how she died. And I'm surprised, like, considering they were meant to be best friends, that he never confided this in them before that his mum his mum had died. Um, at least that's how it's written it makes it sound like he's never confided that into them before and considering like piper confided her secret about her dad with them and that's something that she's really embarrassed by and literally no one else knows i'm surprised that he didn't because it just shows a little bit more that it kind of just shows that piper is the better friend to all of them than anyone else but i like that he he did this even if it wasn't all the information and he himself kind of felt a little bit lighter like letting that load off of that backstory of his so I kind of I do like that the only negative is that everything else about his character is still just a little bit frustrating because it's just 
it's just comedic relief. Like he doesn't really have much of a character besides that. All we're seeing him in these two chapters is make jokes, interrupt to make jokes, make light and comic relief jokes of the situations. Um, and okay, I mean, like, like Leo has gone through something really traumatic, and as someone with PTSD myself, I completely understand that and I can understand that trauma can mean things like this happen that you make light of the situation you focus on coping mechanisms but literally basically every single bit of his dialogue is him taking the piss and it's just a little bit annoying and I'm getting really really tired of it because we aren't learning anything else about his character no one is just comedic all of the time especially with people who are meant to be his best friends like yeah i know jason has amnesia but piper is also meant to be his best friend and yet he's only showing this one side of his personality and like piper's showing really like real care towards him and yet he's still kind of focusing more on showing comedy than anything else i think it's just a little bit disappointing that we're two like <laughs> nearly 250 pages in and Leo is still just a comedic character with secret trauma that he doesn't share. And he's good with mechanics. That's kind of it. I just wish we learned a little bit more about him in these moments. But to get onto Piper, Piper is literally the most competent member of the group. She's the best member of this story. She's the only one I'm currently interested in. But it's at the same time absolutely hilarious to me that she's the most underutilised whilst being the most interesting character at the same time. Like, she's speaking the language of the gods, so she's speaking fluent French to Boreas, which allows for him to kind of respect her and respect the situation and give them the time of day. She has charm speak, so she's able to kind of, you know, manipulate things to their advantage or I guess manipulate is in the best word but she's a good public speaker she speaks to their defence like they very literally would have died if she wasn't there because they were going to be blasted out of the sky by the two angel boys or the evil angel boys um, until she convinced them like no no this is an emergency landing blah 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 we do need to land we need to get somewhere safe the other boys didn't think that the other boys were kind of panicking <laughs> she was the only one who sort of solved the situation and yet even while being the most competent she's being watered down to just her looks this entire section by Zeeths, who is harassing her due to her looks a little bit by leo who is referring to her as the beauty queen and kind of assuming she doesn't read because she's a daughter of Aphrodite like just microaggressions basically and a little bit of Jason too who's constantly referring to her looks and like the losing of the Aphrodite gift and etc 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 and then wanting to be closer to her as well so like taking her hand and all these sort of things and like is this necessary no but apparently this is all she's good for I do find it ironic again at the same time that her gifts and abilities from Aphrodite are so useful and yet she's insulting Aphrodite at the start of the section by saying just because I'm her kid doesn't mean I'm an airhead. Like come on. <laughs> like thank your mother for these gifts right now because they are the only reason all of you are alive. Like and this is the thing like everything about this everything about the book so far 
has shown that Piper is the only good character. Like Piper is the only one who's been of use, who has figured things out, has provided information, has saved their lives on many occasions. I know Jason did in the first section, but she had no idea who and what she was at that point. But ever since then, she's been succeeding beyond expectations, considering like everything going on with her father at the same time as well. Like she is doing incredible. And you know, I feel like she's not yeah, she her res, her name is not receiving the respect it deserves. <sighs> There's a little bit of like a mini feminist rant of some kind there. Um but to kind of go into something else in this case as well, and going into relationships with this Jason and Piper situation. <sighs> okay, so I once again bring up the fact that I'm irritated by the continuous bringing up and influence and just thereness of the relationship of Jason and Piper. In the fact that Jason himself is aware that he's probably accidentally manipulating the situation because, you know, it's not fair to Piper and he knows this but he keeps doing it. Like, there's a moment where he takes her hand because he's nervous and, like, I remember thinking that and I was just like, but why? Like, what is the point? <laughs> what is the point of this? You don't know her. Like, or you were thinking about your sister. And then, well, no, there was there was another moment where she touches his arm. Like, there's just so many things. Like, I think he was, like, nervous about her, so he took her hand. Like, bro, why are you nervous about her? She's been the most competent so far. Like, stop. It just feels really random. And then, at the same time, he's also talking about how he knows for a fact they were not together and he didn't know her before the Grand Canyon but from getting to know her now he wishes that he had known her I'm like insert screaming gif here because my guy it has been a few days max since the Grand Canyon scenario like how have you figured out all these sort of things that they that to the point that he wishes they had been dating when it's probably been three days total like they've barely interacted except at the canyon a small brief scene where we don't actually get any dialogue at the campfire and this moment here when they're also not talking there's nothing of any of these interactions that we've seen She's had more interaction with Annabeth, who hasn't been in it for, like, how many pages is this section? Yeah, so who hasn't been in the story for 40 pages, and she's had more interaction with Annabeth than she has with Jason. And yet suddenly he's figuring out, oh yeah, maybe I'll like a relationship with her. And then immediately after being like, oh, I can't think that because, you know, it's not fair to her. I could have someone back at wherever I'm from that I don't remember. And I'm like, okay, then why do you keep doing this? <laughs> like, why do you keep thinking these things? <sighs> it just stresses me out. It stresses me out so much. <laughs> um, but to kind of move into another relationship that I think is one that I can also doesn't make the most sense in the context of the story and even when we kind of get the context later on it still doesn't fully make sense and that is Jason and Talia like this sibling relationship 
like I said, literally doesn't make sense to me for the story at all. Like, why was her memory left for him? Why are they siblings? How do they not look anything alike while still being siblings? And even to answer that question, we find out how they're related later on. And they have these same exact parents, but Jason's is still Zeus, but Zeus in a different form. And yet, it's still the same parents, technically still. And yet, they don't look anything alike except having blue eyes. It's just, they don't look related at all. And it makes, like, there's no logical sense for someone who is related to not look like they are related. I know I'm saying that, but there are cases where family members don't look alike, but it's, it's, and it just feels really random. Like, why have them not look alike and then make them siblings for reasons unknown? And then not have it feature as a big part of the story. It just feels really random. I just, it's like, oh yeah, well, this new character that we've just met, they have a connection to the previous series, so you know, more to care about with them. Like, it just feels like throwing things at Jason as a character who is very literally a blank slate of a character, trying to find ways to connect him in t- into the story to make him feel more relevant. I'm like, no, don't connect him to previous characters that we know and love give him his own character because now all i'm going to be thinking about is like well currently talia is the better sibling she's the only one that's interesting um and then it's going to remind me of the percy jackson series which currently is better than the lost hero and it just feels like an unnecessary connection that just is kind of there to connect Jason to the previous series and keep the previous series connected to this one. And I can't think of any other justification for why they are siblings. If if you guys know why they're siblings and understand the reasoning behind it, please do let me know because I just don't I don't get it. <laughs> um <sighs> this section as a whole, look, I feel thus far the North Wind segment of The Lost Hero is probably my least favourite due to the fact that we're getting this harassment of Piper based on her looks, Leo's sort of un- unlikable side in his relation to women, Jason kind of like the- <laughs> them all being idiots when it comes to the Gaia and Greek and Roman situation. It just feels, and also don't really know like they've traveled all this way to quebec to be told to go to chicago like it just (laughs) why waste time they could like they're just going to a different wind god like just send them immediately to the right wind god like what is the point of this whole thing it's just wasting pages and i'm just i'm very very tired of it Yes, I did take a sip. I'm sorry. I forgot I was recording. (laughs) Um, Oh no, it's just... (sighs) The more I read, I'm just like, The Lost Hero is just a really weak story. I know I'm keeping with this negative vision. Even though Piper is still the most interesting character. This is the only thing I've gotten from this section so far, is that Piper is still the only interesting character, and she's the only character that I'm still reading for. 
which I find interesting because no one likes Piper, basically. Like, the fandom seemed to not like Piper. And then later on, obviously, we'll get to about Frank and Hazel are forgotten. So Piper, Frank and Hazel are the characters that are not respected that much in this fandom. And yet, Piper is the most interesting in The Lost Hero. And obviously, I'll get to Frank and Hazel later. But, like, Piper has a character. Yes, she's focusing a lot on romance, but, you know, so is Jason. And so is Leo. Literally, all of them are focusing on romance. Apparently, it's only an issue when Piper does it. But then... She's the only one who's currently useful in this story. I don't know. <sighs> Let's just... I'll finish up here so I stop rambling. Um, and obviously, to finish it up, I want to get into this week's question of the episode. So, what I want to know is, which is kind of the biggest question really, is were you able to figure out what the Greek and Roman situation with Boreas meant? Or were you just as confused as our demigods? Obviously, that question will be going up on our social media, or you can drop an email today. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, because it is definitely something that I'm consistently just like, how do they not figure out that the Greek and Roman gods were, con- like, well, the Roman gods were real, and that there was a big old connection to Jason? Maybe not necessarily connecting to the camp situation, but at least figuring out, yeah, there must be Roman demigods in some sense, because <laughs> otherwise... You know, there's... I don't know. I'm rumbling now. Sorry, I'll stop. But yeah, that question in the episode going up on social media. Let me know your thoughts. As always, thank you all for joining me for this story segment. Be sure to join me next Wednesday where I have a very special guest. Is it next week or is it... That at some point I'll have a special guest. I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after. We'll see. I can't remember. Um... um oh, gosh. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify to drop a follow, Apple Podcasts where you can leave a rating review, Audio Boom, Stitcher, Deezer, and basically wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com or become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for early access and other exclusive perks. Want more Percy Jackson content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my own writing, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. I'll see slash speak to you guys next time. Farewell, my friends. <laughs>